0: I don't know if when you saw those different descriptions of the words that come to mind during Advent or during Christmas, if anything described you. I braved the attic yesterday. So I resonated with that and I made sure no one locked me in there like Clark Griswold. Um, but that's what I did yesterday while I was up there and it made me think of Christmas vacation. Uh, it is a wonderful season of the year and I love it, but it's also hectic and crazy. And I don't know, just like the end of that uh, video, if things get so fast, And so hectic and maybe chaotic is a better descriptor of how you feel. I don't know if you have ever felt that you feel like you you need more balance, you need more confidence, you need more stability in your life, especially at this time of year. About 10 years ago, I was in a staff meeting at our Brentwood campus. The entire staff was together for a meeting, and the meeting was about an hour and a half long. And as I am wont to do, sometimes I need to re engage the meeting about every 30 minutes. And so I had started to mentally wander out of the meeting. And when I do that, uh, I will tap a pencil, I'll chew on my fingernails, I'll lean back in my chair. And I don't know if you have ever leaned back in your chair to the point that you almost fell over backwards. But I have leaned back in my chair probably thousands of times until this morning in this meeting at the 57-minute mark, I began to fall backwards in my chair in front of 60-plus of my peers and respected co-laborers for the gospel. And if you've ever done that, the first thing you do is you look for balance, you look for stability, and you do one of these windmill waves like this, okay? So knowing that I was in danger of falling on my back and making everyone think not only was I an idiot, but that I was distracting the meeting, uh, I did a little bitty windmill, the T-Rex windmill right here, (laughs) not to draw attention to myself. But it wasn't enough. I didn't have enough stability. I couldn't come back forward. And so what I did is I reached over. I had no idea who was sitting around me, (laughs) attention to detail as I am. I reached over and put a meat hook in the shoulder and clavicle of the person next to me. It happened to be Dennis Worley, our worship pastor at the Brentwood campus. Someone I respect and revere as a mentor, a coach for many of our staff. I reached over and grabbed him. You thought I was surprised. Dennis was surprised when I put that meat hook in him, unsuspecting as he was. He probably bruised from that, but I reached over and I grabbed him Jay Strother, our campus and teaching pastor at Station Hill, was on the other side of me, and he has never let me forget this moment of instability in my life and in my ministry. But I fell over backwards almost, gripped onto Dennis, regained my stability, my confidence, and very few people in the room ever really noticed. And Dennis said, I'm so grateful I could be of assistance to you today. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be awesome To have Dennis at every meeting I ever go to in my life. Anytime I tune out, anytime there is a moment of instability, wouldn't it be great to know I can always count on him to bring order and to bring things back into focus? I don't know if you have come in here this morning feeling like you're in one of those moments where you're falling backwards. I don't know if this is a season of life, or recently you've experienced a moment where there was instability in your life, and you were were flailing and reaching for anything that would stabilize your life, that would stabilize your relationships, that would stabilize your outlook on your career. And unfortunately, no, Dennis Worley cannot come to every meeting or every circumstance we're ever going to be in. But there is lasting, permanent stability that can be found in life, no matter what is required represented in this room. No matter what any woman, man, or child in this room is going through, there is permanent, lasting stability to be found. And it comes to us in the person of Jesus Christ, and that's what makes Advent and Christmas so wonderful. I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to see exactly where this is true in Scripture. So if you would, please stand with me in honor of God's Word as we read from Hebrews chapter 1. And we're going to read verses 1 through 4 together. God's word says this. Long ago, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, God has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After making purification for sins, Jesus sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So Jesus became superior to the angels, just as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. In these last days, God has spoken to us through his son who made all things and sustains all things. That's who Jesus is. And that's what Christmas is about. So let's pray together as we dig in and worship through the proclamation of God's good word. God, we thank you that you have made all things through Jesus and that you sustain all things through Jesus. Your sustaining power and authority is what we need in our lives. We need stability. We need confidence, most definitely over the next several weeks at this season of the year. We pray, Lord Jesus, that this truth would resonate with our hearts And if there's anyone in the room who has never found lasting, permanent confidence that comes from being stable and finding balance in the person of Christ, that they would do so today. And we say and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, long ago I heard a pastor say that other pastors do not need to make Scripture relevant. We don't need to waste a whole lot of time making scripture relevant or trying to find ways where it's relevant and applicable on our own efforts. And what he meant was scripture is always relevant. It is always living and active. We don't have to prop it up on our own to have a good truth to apply to our lives. And Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 through 4 is one of the most relevant scriptural passages in all of the Bible for God's people, especially here in 2018. Now, the author of the letter of Hebrews wrote to the church the Christians who were in and around the city of Rome. And they were living in a fast-paced urban setting. And they were trying to keep up with the cultural and personal ramifications of living in an it city that was growing exponentially week after week after week. Now, what city does that remind you of? It immediately makes me think of Nashville, 100 people a day coming to Nashville, Amazon, putting 5,000 employees in here in the next several months, more and more change, more and more traffic, more and more busyness and craziness. It's not a bad thing, just is what it is. This is incredibly applicable to us. But the author of Hebrews also wrote to men and women, followers of Jesus, who were not only trying to keep up with the personal and cultural implications of change, And instability, but they were also riding out many storms in their own lives. Many of the Christians were suffering. They were sick or ill. They were literally facing persecution, losing their lives, or being separated from their families for saying that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so this text is incredibly important for those of us in the room who are immersed in a fast-growing city. We're trying to keep up. And many of us who are riding out personal and cultural storms, if you're not now, just hold on. Life being what it is, you will go through a moment of instability in the years to come. And so this is incredibly important for us, and so the author begins by assuring us with the reality that in the midst of instability, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of the hectic pace of life, there is lasting stability, there is a reliable source Of stability that can be found in this world. And the author is trying to tell us and remind Christians, those of us in the room who are not followers of Jesus, in this room, the author is speaking to you today to let you know there is lasting stability that can be found in this life. And he's also speaking to those of us in this room who are professing followers of Jesus so that we don't forget what we already knew that Jesus offers what so many of us want, but so few of us seem to have and that's stability. One of the things that makes Christmas so wonderful is, yes, the nativity and the manger and the presents, that there's nothing wrong with celebrating and giving and receiving, but one of the things that makes Christmas and this season so wonderful is that Jesus, the birth of Jesus, God in the flesh, offers us what so many of us want, but so few of us have, rock-solid, lasting stability, which should bring confidence And out of that confidence should bring a joy for being alive and for living. That's what Jesus offers. So the author of Hebrews tells us in verse 1 that long ago God spoke to the fathers by the prophets. That literally God would speak to prophets and that they would write down and record what he was saying. And that's how the Old Testament came to be. The Old Testament, all of scripture, has been written and recorded And put together just exactly as God's Holy Spirit intended for us to have. It is truthful without errors. It does not contradict itself. It is God's truth given to us. And so long ago, God spoke to men and women who were his followers through his word. That is one of the reasons that I emphasize reading scripture every week. We not only want to read it together, but this is four verses. And I'm going to strongly encourage you to read these four verses at least once Over the next six days until we come back together. God speaks through his word. If God is the creator and he is a reliable source of truth in our lives, that is what we have said as professing followers of God through our faith in Christ, then he lets us know you have a trusted, reliable source of truth which will bring about stability in your life. You're holding it in your hand. And one of the things that is so convicting is so many Christian homes in North America have multiple copies of the Bible, God's truth. And for so many of us, we rarely crack it open and read it or, or, or chew on it and kind of feast on it throughout the week. That's so important. There, there is God's truth right in our hands. You have a source of stability that you can determine. How do I tap into that? You have it right in your hands. But in verse 2, God says he doesn't only speak through his word. Verse 2, in these last days, the author of the writer of Hebrews the, the writer of Hebrews is telling us in these last days, that's present day, not only 2,000 years ago to these Christians in the first century, but now to us that Scripture has been fully completed. In these last days, God has spoken to us through his Son, that everything that God wants to reveal to us, there is a God, and he can be known, and everything he wants to reveal to us has been expressed in the person of Jesus. Is that not what he says in this passage? That everything God wants to say to us has been revealed to us in his son. Verse 3. The son is the exact expression. I don't know if you have a different translation. There's one translation that says Jesus is the exact representation of who God is. That is why we spend so much time with God. That is why we read so much about Jesus in the gospels. That's why we often start there when we're confused about where else to look. Because if we want to know who God is and we want to know what life is about, we need look no further than the person of Jesus who will reveal to us the heart, the character, the will, and the purposes of God the Father. As the created humans, we have been created. And as the created, we have a guaranteed connection to the creator through our faith in Jesus Christ. And the creator is the only one who can tell the created what their purpose is. The one who created is the only one who can truly, with total completeness, tell the created what their purpose is. One of the things the boys have gotten into on Netflix is the toys that made us. I don't know if any of you have seen this on Netflix. I am a product of the 1980s. Transformers, G.I. Joe, all of the above. Didn't have really any He-Man characters, but, you know, I saw them and I, I, I was fascinated scrolling through Netflix. We saw this. The toys that made us, and they interview All of the makers from Mattel and Hasbro, and they tell, well, this is what we intended for this toy, and this is its purpose. And the boys are fascinated by this, watching the toys that made us. Because the creator is the best source to tell us what was the purpose of this toy, so that the buyer, the consumer, could enjoy it to the fullest. You know this. You see it in TV. We see this culturally. We know this to be true. Why don't we believe this about Scripture? The creator of the created is the only one who can truly tell with fullness and completeness what the created is here for. That is why Christmas is so important. Jesus is our direct connection to the Father who is the one who can tell you why you're here. And when God tells you what your purpose is, it changes everything. We're all asking the question at any different time, maybe not now, maybe things are really good, and you're not really asking, what is my purpose? What on earth am I here for? But at some point in our lives previously, and maybe some point in the future, you'll ask the question, what on earth am I here for? And many of us are asking a question that only Jesus can truly answer. What is my purpose? What is my worth? What is my value? And through a relationship with Christ, We are told, we fully discovered, it's fully revealed to us how much God loves us, what our purpose is, why we are here, and the value that our lives have. That is why we emphasize a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because it is our connection to the Creator. And when you know what your purpose is, when you find your identity, you don't have to go looking for it in what your boss says. It'd be nice to have attaboys and pats on the back, but you don't need that from your supervisor or your employer to know what your identity is. It'd be nice to see all the prayers we have relationally about family dynamics and those kind of things come to fruition the way we want, but if they never do in this beautiful but broken world, we still have confidence and stability that we know who we are in Christ, and that brings us stability in a culture that has shifting sand, and even in our own lives personally when things are in upheaval or unexpected topsy-turvy things come into our lives, you can still have permanent lasting stability through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is what makes Christmas so wonderful. It's the guarantee of that. And so I guess an important question is for all of us, and even if you have answered this question before, and even if you think that you don't need this question, I'm going to go ahead and pose it anyway. I want to know who or what do you look to for stability in your life? And I want you to answer this question. So this isn't rhetorical, and we just plow right on through to the next point in the sermon. Like, I want you to consider who or what do you look to for stability, for confidence, for surety, for... I don't know if surety is a word. Surety? Surety? Assurance? I probably should have said assurance. Okay, nevertheless, (laughs) making up words, just spitting them as they come into my head. Who do you look to for confidence, for stability in your life? And that's a great question for us to answer. You can literally write down in the margin of your Bible. You can literally write down on your smartphone if you got your notes page open. You can write down how you would answer that question. We live in a world where everyone's truth is accepted and everyone's truth is, is valued. We live in a postmodern world where, where there's no one God culturally that is valued as more important than any other. Now the downside to that worldview is that it's often difficult to know exactly where to turn when, when there's instability in our lives. We're not really sure who to turn to, and we may try something for a while, and it may go well for a while, and then eventually that doesn't work, so we try something else for a while. And many of us lack stability. We're nervous. We're an- anxious. We're swayed by every voice that we hear, whether through media or on social media, or even good intended coworkers, family, and friends who speak into our lives. We're swayed depending upon the season, the circumstance, and what we're facing, by different purported sources of stability that are offered to us. One of the things that is dangerous about not rooting yourself in the stability that Christ offers is you can can connect yourself to something that you feel is stabilizing you, but it actually actually hurts you more than it helps you. Um, I was a history minor in college. And so I am a database for useless history knowledge. I am. I'll share stuff with the kids, and they'll be like, oh, my word. Why do I need to know that? I love stumbling upon information throughout history that is random but is fascinating. And one of the stories I stumbled upon not too long ago has to do with stability is that in the 1600s, when the Swedish Navy was one of the major global powers, how many of you were just dying to wake up this morning hear about Jesus and the Swedish Navy? This is your Sunday. <laughs> the Swedish Navy was a major global player, and the king of Sweden wanted to build the biggest, baddest, most awesome, intimidating warship ever. So he commissioned a warship to be built. The warship is called the VASA, V-A-S-A. So he commissioned the VASA warship to be made. And they built it and it was huge. And as I understand it, it was 226 feet long, it was 120 tons, and it had 64 cannons. It was awesome. It was intimidating. And one of the things he wanted to do was have the joy of watching it be christened and set out into the harbor as the lead dog in a pretty dominant naval force. And they sent it out. Sure, he stood there on the shore waving with all his glory at the Vassa. When, in less than one nautical mile, a stiff breeze blew into the harbor and turned the Vassa upside down. In 1628, a multi million dollar vessel that was commissioned by the king of one of the most powerful nations in the world sank less than one nautical mile from its launching point. And I can't find, nobody was alive with a camera in 1628. But I found a picture of what one artist feels like would be the Vasa turning over. It literally blew, and you can see the sailors. It tilted to the left, and sailors jumped off to the right, and it turned upside down. It took on water, and it sank in the middle of the harbor. Like, I would totally not want to be the lead architect on that day. But what they determined... Was the, here's, here's what you know. I don't know how many of you sail or you're into ships. Like, I'm not. I wish I was. And when I go out on a boat, I stand on the front of the boat like this. And people are like, sit down. Just sit down, okay? <laughs> I wish I knew more about boats, but I know this. When you launch a boat to, to have buoyancy and to sit in the water and to be stabilized so it doesn't blow over like this, they put weight in the boat. It's called ballast, right? It, it's weight. Everybody say weight. They put weight in the bottom of the boat. In the first century, they would literally oftentimes put stones, big, heavy rocks and stones in the bottom of these fishing boats, And other big, big boats. And and so in this boat, 120-ton ship, 64 cannons, 226 feet long, um, they put ballast and weight in the bottom. But one of the things looking back, because life is sometimes lived forward, best understood looking back, the engineer and others determined we put the wrong ballast in the boat. We not only put the wrong amount, we put it in the wrong places. And we were so busy... And trying to hit a deadline and trying to please everybody else, that we rushed through it and we didn't have enough weight to hold us stable in the water, and the boat sunk. Now, now listen. You may be like, I totally hate history. <laughs> it's totally fine. You'd be like, some of y'all gonna go Google Vasa. Don't do it now. Don't do it now. Okay. But but it's out there. It's legit. But when I read this story, I thought, how many of us do that? We pursue whatever someone tells us. Remember what I said, in this culture, you, we often just go with what the next purported source of stability and truth is, and we put the wrong weight in our lives, and it can't hold us when the storms come. And that's really not a storm. It's just a strong, stiff wind. What or whom do you look to for lasting, permanent stability in your life? And is it strong enough Does it have enough weight to keep you Healthy and balanced when things come along that are difficult or hard. And also, I'm going to say this because we got a lot of driven, successful, incredibly creative and talented people. You not only need strong stability and enough weight in your life when things are difficult, God may give you favor and bless you. And if you don't have weight in your life, you'll destroy yourself. I played in the NFL for one year. And when you talk about guys who blew through, how could that guy blow through $53 million in four years? it's anybody in this room could do it if you swap seats with him because you can either you can be in fashion you can be in entertainment you can be a design you can be an architect and you can have success and if you don't have the right amount of weight so i'm not talking about an awful experience i'm talking about like even when god is giving you favor you can destroy your own life if it's not rooted in the person of jesus christ now, I don't want anybody to be sad about the VASA when you leave here today, okay? They raised it 400 years, late, 400 years later. Here's a picture, okay? I don't want you... End of story. Like, we got to put a bow tie on it, right? It's Christmas. Everybody loves packages. Here's the VASA 400 years later. Somebody figured out in 1959 how to raise it, how to restore it. It's in a museum. I don't know that I'm ever going to Sweden, but like, if I do, guess where I'm going, people? <laughs> okay, anyway, anyway, anyway. You pray about whether or not I need to do that, okay? All right, so here is one of the most wonderful things about this passage. Verse 3, the sun is the exact representation of God's glory. The, The word glory is translated as weight. That's true. All right. Amen, sister. The word glory, as God is my witness, the word glory is translated weight. Jesus is God's weight. And and because Jesus is perfect, because he is God, he's different than every other thing that exists in this world. He's perfect. He is eternal. And he has the weight if you choose to invite him into your life to steady your life when times are difficult and when times are really good. Jesus is the only one with enough weight to provide lasting stability for your life. I don't know if you saw that in this passage, but it says that Jesus is the exact expression of God's nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. He made the universe through Jesus, and Jesus sustains things by his words. In the beginning was God, and when God spoke, let there be light. Jesus was active in that. God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit together in creation. God spoke the planets, the stars, the universe, the solar system into existence, and He's the same one who says, You will keep spending, you will stay here. He's the only one with enough weight to bring about proper order and orbit and balance into our lives. That's who Jesus is. This isn't Jesus is my homeboy. This isn't little baby Jesus. This is cosmic, universal, authoritative, powerful Jesus who is available to you today, December 2nd, 2018, if you want lasting, permanent stability in your life. He today says, Says to the planets and the stars in the universe, I made you so when I speak to you, you will respond. You have no choice but to obey. And that's the same Jesus who, when he speaks to you right now in the storm in your life, or whatever circumstance is coming up during December, or whatever you will face, he's the one who says, In the same way I spoke to those, I can speak to you and give you the weight and the stability that you long for and that you need. So the question still stands, who or what do you look to for stability? Who or what do you look to for stability if you're not a follower of Jesus? We could talk all day and open up this microphone, personal testimonies and stories about all the things those of us who are now followers in Christ tried to anchor ourselves to and to put the weight in the boat other than Jesus and how that played out. If you do not know Jesus... Today is the day for you to find stability that's lasting, that's permanent, that can be sustained in a way that no other human can provide you. And if you are a follower of Jesus, today is the day for you and me to remember that Advent, I love all of the pleasantry and the decorations and the lights and the packages. I love all that. But today is a day for us to come together where God can remind us he is our God and we are his people. And we're so grateful for Advent. Advent. Because that's what stabilizes us on Monday mornings when we're not gathered corporately. It's what stabilizes us on Thursday nights and Friday afternoons and the other six days of the week. So, who or what do you look for for stability in your life? Maybe there is a woman or man in the room who has been looking for the stability that Jesus offers. You just didn't know that's who you were looking for. Let's pray together.